Today's episode is brought to you by Taft Law and its Franchise Advance Program, a one-of-a-kind program developed by your host, Josh Brown, to help entrepreneurs assess, convert, and grow your business the right way through sound franchise structures. To learn more, go to taftlaw.com and type Franchise Advance Program in the search bar. If you think like, act like, or are trying to grow like a franchise, then the Franchise Euphoria podcast is for you. Hello and welcome everybody. Josh Brown here. And I created this podcast for one main goal, to help people who are trying to grow their business through franchising or franchise-like structures to do it the right way. I've been practicing law now as a franchise lawyer for many, many years, and I've seen it done the right way and the wrong way. And this podcast is not filled with a bunch of legal mumbo jumbo. Rather, I talk with real people, people who have been there, have done it, are doing it right now. And I also dive deep into specific topics related to franchising. So if this is of interest to you, you are at the right place. Enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of Franchise Euphoria. I'm thrilled to have on Brianna Keefe, who is the founder and CEO of Washington, D.C.-based gourmet toast franchise called Toastique. Toastique has carved out a unique lane by offering all the benefits of a typical cold juice bar, but with the added micro-cafe toast concept. This puts the brand in a whole different category that reaches a much broader audience. The brand is healthy, fast casual food, a rare combination in today's restaurant industry. The Toastique method is created around requiring no extreme cooking equipment such as ovens, fryers, or hoods in the kitchen, which makes overhead less, insurance less, and build out less, uh, and costs all around the board just generally a little bit less. Welcome to the show. How are you, Brianna? Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Yeah, so tell me about, before we dive into the, the brand, we always want to know, obviously, on Franchise Euphoria about the actual franchise concept, but I love hearing about the founder. So tell me about yourself, your background, and how you got into this uh, crazy, wacky world of franchising. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so I've always just led a very active lifestyle. As a kid, I played all sports. In high school, I did all-star cheering, and then I also dove for my high school. So um, I was always on the go, and I was just loving smoothies and juices at home. Um, It was just like the perfect kind of refresher for me, and I always just loved beautiful things in natural form. So even my smoothies, I would make super colorful and do different layers of colors. Um, And I just loved fresh food as well. And so in college, um, I went to James Madison University and got a degree in hospitality management with a minor in business. Um, and hospitality industry, I've always, I've always worked in it and I've always just been a people person and on my feet and never had a desk job. And, (laughs) uh, that would just never be for me, um, And so I cheered in college as well. Again, very active with class and practice and games and lifting and everything like that. So um, in college, it's when I really started to make toast as well, including my smoothies and bowls and things like that. Um, And it's truly just how I loved eating. 
Um, so after, after college, I got an events job in downtown DC, which was awesome. We did super cool events, but I was just getting really burnt out and I couldn't see the vision of being a GM of a hotel or that, that wasn't really my path. Um, and so that gave me the extra push to do something on my own. So I was like, okay, what am I truly, truly passionate about if I'm going to take a risk and get rid of my stable salary? Um, and it came down to eating healthy and simple food, but beautiful food, fresh food, um, and working for myself. So I actually wanted to do a food truck because in D.C. I was like, there's food trucks everywhere, but there's no breakfast food trucks. Um, and then the more I looked into it, I was like, oh, this actually <laughs> sounds awful like fighting for my parking spot every day you can't get like an assigned spot or anything like that so my dad was actually the one that was like why don't you do a storefront that way you know you have a place to go every day people can find you at the same place um so that's really when I was like okay my breakfast food truck idea we're gonna turn it into a brick and mortar and really that location was solely just to create myself a job where I'd be happy going. Um, and that was the vision. Like that was it. Not franchising, not anything else, but opening that one store. So you just had, you just had your eyes set on just, you know, as a lot of people do, I mean, a lot of entrepreneurs, they get started and, you know, number one, it's just overwhelming enough to think about one store, right? I mean, you sit there and you go, geez, I mean, if I can just, I've got to go find the right location. I got to find the right contractor to build it out. I've got to find the right lease terms that make good sense. It's got to be in an area where, you know, the the surrounding folks from, you know, two to five mile radius um, uh, can know about it and it can be easy to get to and get out of. And then on top of that, I got to have good food and options and, yes, and, exactly. and bring people in. So like, it's very overwhelming just to think about one. So, so you just thought initially, Hey, I just want to open up one and go from there. Exactly. That was, that was the vision. That was the plan. And that was of course, so rewarding. And I was only 24 at the time when we first opened the store. So um, that was How awesome. Was that? Yes. Super young. Well, and so to me, I was like, I have nothing to lose. I, I truly don't. I was like, if this fails, I can go get a serving job, which was always my favorite job and make good tips and whatever. Don't have family, pets. I was like, worst case, like I'll figure it out if it fails. Um, so yeah, I was just, I was just all in and I knew that this was what I was passionate about. So um, just working for well, myself. It's always great. I mean, it's always great, Brianna, when you can, you know, when I talk to people who have found a way to sort of marry um, their passions with what they do in the franchise world, you know, it obviously makes you, um, it, it, it makes you energized to continue with it. But I think it also helps to keep you on the forefront of what's happening in that industry because you actually care about it. You've infused it into your own life. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I am like I'm the direct target market, which makes it very easy. I'm like, what do I want? Um, Because if I want it, then our clientele, our consumers are also going to want that. So you open up the store. How was it? So so you have this vision, you put it together. I'm sure you went through um, uh, different uh, variations of a design and so forth. But ultimately, you get the store, you get the store open. How was it received? It was... Insane. It was overwhelmingly positive. It exceeded all of my expectations. We opened in July of 2018 um, in this brand new development in DC on the waterfront area. And so it was just, we didn't spend a dime on marketing. 
but the foot traffic was insane. We did over $100,000 in July, our first month open, and over a million dollars the first year without marketing. We didn't even have online ordering or third parties or anything like that. It really just put us on the map. Like that location was just so perfect. It was only a thousand square feet, but just in the development that it was in um, and me there every single day, um, I literally worked every day open to close for the first six months. And then after that, I started to take like afternoons off or like half days. Um, But you know, that's what it takes being in there. And I'm such a perfectionist that I wanted everyone to receive the best experience as possible. Yeah. So, I mean, when you, when you open it and you get that sort of reception, I mean, had you, had you planned on that with, with your team? Because I mean, oftentimes in franchising and especially with, with franchisees who come in and and who may not have had a background in it, you know, you never know how an opening is going to go, how a grand opening is going to go. Obviously you, you, you hope that it happens like you've experienced, but, um, had, did you plan for that? I mean, did you have extra team members to come in to be able to fill in for that, you know, what, what, what seems like just a, a truly successful opening? Yeah, I mean, we hired. Um, so we internally, we have, I have three other partners. Um, and then one of my partner's mom is actually our chef. Um, she's a, She was a chef in Philly and we made like this three month contract with her to say, hey, can you come down for three months? Just help us get open. We know it's going to be busy because we're opening in summer and then you can go back to Philly. Um, And her boss let her. And long story short, she has not. She she still lives in D.C., um, (laughs) which is amazing. We love her so much. Um, So we had us four and and the our chef, Linda five of us. Um, but I was the only one who left their full-time job and Linda temporarily. So on weekends, we had all five of us. It was, it was best case scenario because we had all hands on that for training. But during the week, it was just me and the chef and, um, we hired people, but just as in like any restaurant or hospitality industry turnover is so high, people just wouldn't show up or they come in hourly. And, um, it's very challenging. That's always the hardest part is hiring and training and retaining, especially in the industry, because for whatever reason, people just will not show up. Um, so we just kept hiring. What are the hours? What are the hours, Brianna? Uh, 7am to 7pm. Oh, okay. I didn't know if it was just more of a, if it was a breakfast kind of brunch concept, but you kind of stay open kind of into the evening as well. Yeah, seven to five is like our minimum hours. And depending on the location, like our first location, it was seven to seven. Um, and we actually just opened a um, a franchise yesterday, and they are staying open till 9pm on Fridays and Saturdays, just because the, you know, the nightlife and what goes on around there and the co tendencies is a later crowd um, than we can extend later. So it's Where's really that location? Uh, Columbia, Maryland. Yeah, no, I mean, I, that highlights a really good point because so often in franchising, people think that, you know, even though you're, you're, you're following a process, you're following a system, um, you, you always have to take count and factor in, in my opinion, what's going on in the localized market, right? You know, what's going on where they're opening. And so you look at like your Maryland location and there's, you, you see what's around there and, and you adjust so that you can ultimately take care of the customers who are there. You don't want to be so rigid in what your requirements are and so standardized that you don't allow for that creativity or that flexibility to take count of what's happening in a, in a very localized area. 
Exactly. And we definitely are breakfast, brunch, and lunch. Those are always our peak hours. But I feel like most people are surprised that, you know, after five people getting off work or coming back from the gym for a light dinner or a protein smoothie or anything like that, like we do get a, a nice pop, um, like around the dinner time as well, too. Now, after you had success with this first location, was it then that you thought about franchising or did you open up a second location? And, and how did that process unwind? Yeah, so a little bit of both. Um, we opened our second location in April of 2019, so nine months later. Um, and we knew we were on to something when we opened the first um, location. So we were really just deciding how we want to grow. Um, and just from, of course, experiencing it firsthand, but also the all the detail that goes into it, from construction to the presentation to the recipes, we're making everything in-house. So um just the detail and just staying on top of everything. Um, we thought that people with their own time and money invested would care as much as us versus opening all corporate stores and having a manager run it. Um, I just feel like people will never care as much as for someone who has their skin in the game. Yeah. Um, when it's their business, right? I mean, when it's exactly. their, when it's their, their money, oftentimes their, their life savings, right? I mean, that, that goes into this thing. You definitely, you know, have their full interest. Exactly. Yeah. So we, um, franchising is our plan to grow outside of the DC area. Um, but we have been opening one corporate store a year in the DC, Virginia, Maryland area. Um, because I love corporate stores and I also still want to give our employees the opportunity to grow. We have so many people that have started just as team members and been shift leads and managers. Um, and now, you know, one of our managers has been promoted to regional manager for all of our DC stores. So um, we still plan. Well, I love the idea. I mean, I love the idea of having corporate stores. I mean, I, I've been in the franchise world now for 17 years, a little over 17 years. And I will tell you that um, I used to have a different, I used to have sort of be a little bit agnostic to this and not really, you know, some franchises would have only franchise locations and others would have some corporate or more corporate than others. And, and it, what I've seen, especially with a retail food type concept such as yours, where you're going to have core menu items, but you're also going to have the opportunity to test things out. It's imperative to have, I think, to have corporate locations that you can test that stuff out on. Oh, so exactly. that, right? I mean, so that if, if it doesn't work, okay, fine, you live and learn, but you don't want to put that on your franchisees until you know that it's something that actually has um, some market sustainability to it. Absolutely. Exactly. And it's hard to, it would be hard to implement new techniques or more efficient ways of doing anything. One, you probably won't realize if you're not doing it yourself, but also, like you said, you want to test it out first. And, or if someone has, Hey, do you think we could do this better? Let's try it out and see if it works. Well, that's great. And so you, you've been, ex you're, you're continuing to expand in the localized area where you started uh, with corporate stores, but then outside of there, you're growing through franchising. Exactly. So where are you offering? Are you offering franchises across the United States or just in limited areas at this point? No, right now, wherever. Um, my biggest focus is just finding the right partners that want to be the ex extension of the brand and are passionate about the brand. Um, and if we think or when we think they're good partners, then we look at where they live and just find the perfect location for a Toastique in their area and make it work. 
Now, are you are you looking for multi-unit operators, people who are going to operate, you know, multiple locations? Yeah, ideally, we have signed people with just a single unit. But even those people are like, okay, let's buy one, let's get the learning curve out of the way, and then let's buy a three pack on top of that. Um, our goal is to kind of like I mentioned, is just find people that want to be the extension of the brand, that want to be the face of the brand in their community. And that's what's super important to us too, is just having that outreach, having that community connection where it doesn't feel like a franchise. Like, you know, the owner of the location, you know, like the team members, they remember your name, your order, things like that. So, and at this point, how many locations do you have open? And then how many do you have signed on to become open? Um, So we just opened our 15th one yesterday and we will have our 16th one next week. Um, and we have signed 62, which wow. are slated to open by the end of the year. Now, have you done that organically or have you gone the broker network? Um, so we, we partner with a consulting firm, Raintree, um, who has really, really helped us um, with our franchising. And they're kind of the whole package deal that helps with marketing marketing and ads and filter through all the applicants. Um, and they have been amazing to work with. So they have a deep connection into the broker network, but also a great in-house team. Um, so it's a little bit of both. So now I'm going to ask you a question that I'm sure you're just going to knock out of the park because as you said earlier, you, you are the ideal franchisee. So I always want to ask founders and the franchisor, because we know, and you you said it earlier, how important it is to get the right people on the bus, right? I mean, that they are going to make or break your system from a franchise perspective, especially as you're emerging, you know, especially as you're as you're as you're continuing uh, to grow, um, and you know, you've got fifteen, sixteen now, you got sixty in the pipeline or so, and so you're growing at a pretty good clip. But you got to make sure you get the right people on. Who do you? What are you specifically looking for in a franchisee? Where you think, okay, this. This person is going to have the best opportunity for success. And, and I want to – I just want to be real careful on how I state that because there's a misnomer that, you know, you just sign up for a franchise and you're successful. But what anybody who's been in it knows is that you, you got to go run your business. You got to go work your business and you need to do it in concert with a good franchisor that supports you. Uh, but it's so important that, you know, from a personality perspective, from a uh, – professional perspective from, you know, a work perspective, you know, what, what is it that you're looking for in terms of a background for an individual or a type of individual who can come in and and you think have a good shot at success? Yes, absolutely. And you do make a good point. And that's something that we, as a brand, we try to be very transparent and be like, we are giving you all the playbooks, all the recipes. We have a learning portal, like everything you need to succeed But at the end of the day, you're running your own business. Like we are there to help and support. But um, the really the things that we look for is, of course, personality. We are looking for owner operators, like I said, that want to be the face of the brand, that have experience building a team, that people want to be around them and work with them. Um, And also some business management. Um, Like I said, of course, we're going to be there to review all the numbers and things you need to look out for and make adjustments when needed. But, you know, you do have to stay on top of that. You got to be able to manage your numbers and manage a team and also your time. You know, you're doing so much as a franchise owner that you can't get hung up on one thing and forget about another. And um, just really being able to um, focus on what you need to 
but then hop on to the next thing. So nothing is really forgotten. And and really just someone that's passionate about the brand, that sees our vision, um, that wants to be a part of that. And, you know, we are an emerging brand. So, you know, push us, push us to, you know, and challenge us to see how you can bring more value to the brand as a whole. That's a question I typically ask on my first call is what value do you think that you can bring to the Toasty brand as a whole? Well, and I know through this process, you've, you've had, you know, a lot of ups, but certainly some downs. I always like to, to, to hear from founders, you know, what some of the challenges has been, because I think it's important for people to know that when you get into franchising or any kind of business or any kind of growth opportunity, it's not just going to be smooth sailing. So talk for a minute about some challenges that you've had with franchising and how you've kind of come out out from those. Yeah, I think honestly, the biggest challenge and my main focus is keeping consistency and the brand standards where they need to be. That's always been my focus. Um, Even in our corporate stores before franchising, always thinking, how can I make this more clear or simple that people like there's no confusion on anything. And um, we've created online portals, like a learning system that has videos of all of our products being made and then a little questionnaire after. And we have like a POS quiz that is frequently asked questions that our customers ask that we make everyone take and um, really just putting into place everything is possible that it's pre it, it should be easy enough that there's no that if you had a question, you could go back and look and then you can use that material to hire and train your team members, like people that are just, you know, even part time people that are just working on the toast station or blender station. But um, that is just something that's so important and being able to educate the customers as well, because, you know, some people might not be familiar with why is ginger good for you or acai, or we use a blue spirulina, which is a sea algae. So just being able to educate that and that that all starts from leadership. So before, you know, all of our franchise owners, before they even can start their hands on training in DC, need to have all of that memorized and pass the test and everything like that. Because if they know it and they're confident in it, then they can um, train their, their team members. Well, I'm on your website right now, and I must say it's it's great pictures. Great, very. It really gives you a good sense of what the location looks like, some of the food. Uh, one thing you didn't mention, though, Brianna, is you were selected as a as a Forbes 30 under 30 um, yes. for 2022. So, congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, if you want to learn more about Toastique, you can go to toastique.com. That's T O A S T. I Q U E dot com. You can also find them on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, and uh, anywhere where social media is, is is had. And we'll have all that information in the in the show notes. Before we go, though, Brian, I always like to, to to leave on on a note for where you know a founder such as yourself. You've been in this game for a while now. Um, what are you looking forward to over the next couple of years in franchising, uh, and in particular with with the Toastique brand? I mean, how are you looking to to grow this thing uh, with your vision? Yeah, I'm just really excited to continue to go into new markets and see the feedback from the community. It's been, that's honestly my favorite part 
is the openings and just having all these brand new people who, especially as a young brand, most of these people haven't even heard of Toastique or have never been in one. So getting to see their reaction of the food and their feedback and just the overall experience that they're having um, is what's truly so rewarding and exciting for me. So I'm looking forward to continuing to grow in new markets and see how people love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I think your passion for it really shines through and I wish you nothing but uh, the best of luck in the future. Thank you, Brianna. Thank you so much, Josh. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Franchise Euphoria. If you enjoyed it, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. It really helps to get this show out to more and more people. Also, if you have any questions, have ideas for guests or topics, please email me, josh at IndieFranchiseLaw.com. That's josh at Indie, I-N-D-Y, FranchiseLaw.com. And finally, please note that this podcast is for entertainment and educational purposes and is not in any way, shape, or form meant to be any kind of legal advice. If you're seeking legal advice, please contact a lawyer. Have a great one. Happy franchising.